Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the City of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today is April 17th, 2019, and my co-host is Megan Kazak, Communication Coordinator. How are you doing today, Megan? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Are you? It's a wonderful April day. All right. Uh, Well, let's just jump right into it. So who's our guest today? So today's guest is Water Utilities Engineering Director, Bill Millis. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about what is going on in his department, what they do, and some of the projects that they're overseeing, or several projects that they're overseeing. It's a really busy department. Yes. And uh, so uh, so he's going to kind of give us an overview of what each of the uh, divisions are and some of those really large projects. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, welcome, Bill. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Uh, to loosen everyone up, we're going to ask, we're going to start with a lightning round and we're going to ask you some random but revealing questions. Are you ready? Uh, I'm excited. You look scared. <laughs> Look, this is an easy one. What is your okay. favorite meal to cook and why? Well, I'm not actually, I'm not much of a cook. I'm a pretty good Neither chef's I. assistant, but okay. I, You're a sous I, chef. Do not, yeah, I do not like to be in charge of the meal. I, I am an awesome dishwasher, though. <gasps> I'm always doing the cleanup. Yes, me too. I, I prefer doing the dishes, too. I, I can't cook either. Um, so if someone else will do the mm. work. And then I will do the work afterwards. Well, that's what I figured out. <coughs> and besides not minding doing it, my wife is an awesome cook, and she enjoys uh-huh. it. Um, so it's just my share to But that's to the way to get the meal so, done. But you're, yeah. you're contributing. Like, you're a lot of people sous don't chef. Like, that's that, what they do. I actually read an article the other day about how, you know, people like that, that don't like to do the dishes because uh-huh. it's like the most, you know, I don't know, like everyone knows like dishes and stuff like that and there's things left in the sink Mm. and so people who share the work between Mm. doing the dishes are happier and stuff like that anyhow Mm. I That's like wonderful. doing dishes myself. I do. I, I it's really don't mind it. it. Yeah, I like whenever I cook. I usually cook and do dishes. At the, you kind of keep the kitchen clean. Uh-huh. So the goal is always to have the dinner made and all of the prep stuff is already washed, cleaned up, and the counter is all done. So that's always kind of my goal. It's very efficient. So, it's very efficient. So what's your favorite meal that your wife cooks? Oh, that's too hard. <laughs> that you um, assist with. Yeah, her veggie lasagna is pretty awesome. Ooh, yummy. So what's the featured um, vegetable in it? Um, It's usually like zucchini and yellow squash, onions, tomatoes, sometimes other stuff, but Mm -hmm. those are the staples. They're the staples. My uh, husband, he he likes to cook too, and he does, uh, his vegetable lasagna actually features black beans. And at first it was like, I'm not sure about this, but actually it ended up being really, it was a really good, um, uh, it's a really good recipe that you may not automatically think of putting black beans in your vegetable lasagna. So Mm. anyway. Pro black bean vegetable lasagna. Very yummy. I'm taking a stance. All right. Yeah. All right, Bill. Our next question is, what breed of dog would you be? I'm assuming you're a dog person, maybe? Uh, yes, I am. Do you? Okay. But it would, I, probably, I probably would choose a wolf. Because as a kid, I was fascinated with wolves uh-huh. and wanted to you know, grow up and be a wolf biologist. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, what is it about wolves? Just like they're... 
I don't know. I, I, just because the they, mystique, yeah, the mystique. They're they're, yeah, in past decades, weren't you know nobody knew yeah. much about them because mm-hmm. um, we had killed most of them off. Yeah, they were we got yeah. our best right. for, oh, for mm. decades. Wow, it's very interesting. And then, um, if you suddenly became a master at woodworking, what would you make? I would. Um, well, my dad is a woodworker. And he's a, a wood turner, mm-hmm. and so I probably would, maybe specifically turn. But it'd be fun to to work with him and learn from him. You know, turners usually they make bowls, candlesticks, round platters, and uh-huh. stands and things like that. But he also makes furniture. Um, so just working in his shop and learning from him would be fun. So you already kind of have a little bit of insight into just, into this. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> All right. Because he started that hobby after I left home, mm-hmm. so I hadn't wasn't that close. You know, when I was growing up, wasn't around it, but but since then have been, and it'd be fun to to, <coughs> to learn more. You'd probably be very good at crafts because you're so meticulous. Uh, so I can imagine that if you built something, it would be measured and and it would it would just be exactly what you thought it would be. Mine would be kind of lopsided, and it'd be like, hmm, how should I? I meant it to look like this, as opposed to it being, you know, mm-hmm. following a plan. So I'm thinking you're very meticulous. Yeah, so I might never get it built. Oh, you never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I run through things really, really fast, but you know it's going to be crooked and off-centered. So, um, so my husband really doesn't want me building things <coughs> or making things. I have the concept and the idea, and he's like, "I'll do it," <laughs> because you know it's mine would it's just not quite right it's okay yeah we all have well, different strengths yeah and i my brother and i built a cabinet or a, a shelf unit uh-huh. when we were kids yeah. for the stereo but we measured the stereo and then measured the outside of the cabinet so then it didn't end up fitting it didn't fit so it was maybe that was the you learned yeah maybe that was where i learned to, to measure twice before cutting yeah no kidding that's <laughs> That's definitely a, a good thing. You know, even if I measure and I and I and I do everything, mine is not going to be exact. It's just not. I I don't have that skill. So, that's and it's okay. going to be crooked. I'm guaranteed. But we're not engineers. So that's that's okay. right. So <laughs> you are an engineer. So <clears throat> let's go ahead and move into the interview. And um, so, how did you end up in Stillwater as the utilities engineering director? What was your particular career path? And um, and I'm sure you've and like I said you're an engineer so take us take us down your career. Sure. Well, I had worked um, after graduating. I worked for consulting engineers for several uh-huh. years. So you have a degree in engineering. Yes, yeah. degree from Oklahoma State, uh-huh. and that that um, to sort of jump to the end. That's how we ended up back in Stillwater. Uh, yeah. Fifteen years ago, my wife and I met here, um, both in school at Oklahoma State, and then we later we left Stillwater. We left the state, moved around some, um, and decided when our son was in about first grade that Oklahoma, um, near family, mm-hmm. and specifically Stillwater is where we wanted to raise our yeah. raise our son. And that's so we, a, often a mm-hmm. a um, kind of a people come recurring, home recurring yeah. um, trend, <coughs> yeah. yeah, which so, is wonderful. Yeah, it is. Right, even even as far as retirees, you know, mm-hmm. they went to school here, moved away for forty years, and then they retire and. Yeah, because it, it fits the, the lifestyle mm-hmm. you're needing at that time. Well, my dad didn't even come to Oklahoma State, but he wants to come and retire here. Oh. <laughs> he likes it that much. <coughs> All right. But, yeah, so you came back. 
Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. and so professionally, so I worked for consulting engineers. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all kinds of civil engineering work, airports, uh, drainage, flood studies, and slowly got into, or over time, got into water and sewer. I worked for the federal government um, on Indian reservations, <clears throat> designing and building water and sewer for communities that had never had running water. Um, I also had the opportunity to do that for the Cherokee Nation here in Oklahoma for for a year or so. Um, The federal government was with the Corps of Engineers working on a a large military project. So gotten to see, you know, kind of a variety of of civil engineering uh, arenas. So virtually everything to do with water, sewer, you've been uh, involved in at some point before you got here in Stillwater. That's right, yes. Um, and I ended up more focusing on water mm-hmm. and sewer specifically once uh-huh. I got here in Stillwater. Yeah. So your department uh, has had a couple of name changes. So the latest in, and, I guess, different uh, iterations of which you know utility services is under under you. So right now you are water res- you're the water resources department? No ma'am, water utilities engineering. Water utilities we previously water resources. Right. Okay, so uh, so what is it that that you supervise right now? The um, my department water utilities engineering is consists of three divisions and that's the capital programs division and they are responsible for all the uh, capital infrastructure replacement and upgrade program for water and wastewater okay um, that's all the big ticket stuff right it, it can be you know pretty small ticket stuff oh, too. Really? it could be a $25,000 um, fix to a problem that we've identified through infrastructure um, uh, okay you know deteriorating or, or failing mm-hmm. um, or it could be multi-million dollar big projects right so it kind of runs the gamut okay um, the second division um, engineering division they would handle some, maybe some smaller projects, but special projects. If we're, for instance, right, or in the recent past, we're trialing a, uh, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think of what it's called, um, a mixing system in a water tower. Okay. To help keep the water fresher. Um, and so something like that that we've not done before, we'll do it on a trial basis on, on one tower, maybe in and uh, study it before adopting it widespread. <coughs> the engineering division also does master planning and technical support for the capital group and also for other departments like the, the, uh, the staff that operate the water utility, mm-hmm. the water and wastewater treatment plants, the water distribution and wastewater collection crews and systems um, will be supported by the engineering division. <coughs> Our third division is environmental programs, and they work with, they're responsible for pretreatment, which means mm-hmm. all the things that, um, things that need to happen to the um, wastewater before it's put in our wastewater system. Okay. That includes industrial customers who may have um, heavy metals or other constituents in their wastewater stream that would harm our plant right. or our sewer system. So environmental programs works with them to... Um, make sure and take care of those things before they discharge to our system. Right. So, uh, so you you guys are out in the field quite a bit too. Look, you know, working with a lot of different uh, people, organizations, and companies. Right. And all divisions are, especially yeah. environmental programs. They deal real closely with with every industry, 
uh, inspections and coordinating with them how they're going to treat their waste. They they oversee restaurants and grease traps. You know every oh. every chicken every new chicken restaurant that you've seen <laughs> in the last five years, she because knows she'd have rural. a grease trap. Um, there's rules. There there's, are rules. There's lots of rules because because uh, fat oils and grease. Um, acronymed FOG yeah. are, are pretty rough on a sewer system. And so the environmental program staff spend a lot of time <coughs> trying to address that with, you know, maybe apartment dwellers from uh-huh. who might have come from another country and not be used to don't pour, to yeah. hearing don't pour grease down the drain. Mm-hmm. You know, you pour something down the drain or you flush it, you just expect don't it to go away. It. It, it just, you're it's supposed, gone. But there are people, especially at the city, that's looking at this. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, they, they're, that's their, their responsibility to uh, make sure everything's taken care of. Yes, that's right. And, and even um, environmental programs does that. But, um, the, you know, the wastewater plant also, all those things mm-hmm. that people flush that, sh- that shouldn't be flushed end up down in the wastewater plant, and they've got to deal with they it. They've got to deal with it. So right. it's... it's in in the public's interest from the cost mm-hmm. of it but also in in the interest of protecting the environment to not put anything down for instance mm-hmm. the toilet right other than you know um bodily waste and toilet mm-hmm. paper right yeah. those flushable wipes mm-hmm. um sure they're flushable but they're not truly because they clog up the system uh, both the sewer system and they create problems at the wastewater plant we'll need to bring in the uh, wastewater uh, plant director to go through some real specifics for us on that it's a really good topic yeah luann's got a lot of good information mm-hmm. on that so that'd yeah. be a great idea to, right. to talk with her sometime <coughs> so uh, so so you guys are the professional engineering uh division of all of this i understand that uh, you guys are, have a new uh, professional membership that you're part of. Uh, could you explain what that is and why it's important? Yes, that's right. It's the American Water Works Association. It's a, a, a mostly national, but actually international organization. They're the largest nonprofit scientific and educational association dedicated to the treatment, delivery, uh, management of water, and the protection uh-huh. of the uh, of safeguarding the public health mm-hmm. and the environment. When yeah. We, then after we're through with the water and when we treat it and return it to the environment. The, the association creates um, products and services and information like uh, standards, technical training information, mm-hmm. public uh, information, things that help utilities, right. one, train their staff to best apply the current, um, the, the most recent scientific advances in water mm-hmm. treatment and and handling water, um, and also information that we can modify and, and distribute to the public to help inform our customers. Right. So that's really an important thing. Yeah. It's kind of keeping ahead of your profession and uh, uh, and also contributing back to that organization Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And the American Waterworks Association, they also have the annual uh, Drinking Water Week that we participated right. in this past year as well, where mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity to educate people about where their water comes from and all the things that our water team has mm-hmm. does to ensure that they have clean drinking water. Because exactly. the residents don't need to worry about anything other than turning the faucet on. Mm-hmm. They should. That's all they need to worry about. And you guys kind of take care of everything else. We do, but we want to also <coughs> put the information out there for those that are more yeah. curious than right. that want more information that's mm-hmm. available, things that 
that the customers need to know right. that information is available. Because there's a lot of misinformation out in the community as well about water and how, how the water is treated. And like our team, you know, uh, <clears throat> when people ask questions, we get to go ask the professionals like Bill here mm-hmm. and say, you know, explain to to the to us what what the customers say in or, or what you know what the, what the actual um, the right answer is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really been educational for our team as well to interact with your team. Well, and that's something yeah. our our team you know in 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 the water utilities engineering department and the water utilities department. They're you know we've got a lot of dedicated people that that really enjoy what they do, mm-hmm. but they also are happy to talk about it and love, right. you know, when they, if somebody comes with a question, they're, they get kind of excited. Yeah. So we They are invite, passionate. They are. We'd invite the public to, to come ask questions. It's not like, you know, leave us alone, we're busy. We, right. We welcome questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'll throw in two tours, um, you know, at both the water treatment plant and the wastewater treatment plant. Yeah, if you've not seen those, it's fascinating. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know what you expect to see if you've never been to one, but when you go see it, it's like, oh, of course that's what it is, but I can't say that I had a visual in my head until I actually saw it. You know, like, yeah. like how do you treat water? Like, I don't know. It comes mm-hmm. from Call mm-hmm. Lake, right? That's right. 23 miles of pipes? 36. 36. 36 miles. Okay. I'm not good with numbers. Uh, <clears throat> but that's a long ways for water to come i would think maybe well maybe not it's yeah it's unusual but it's not unheard of oklahoma city pumps their water 70 some miles Uh but we have a a large pump station just Mm -hmm. below the dam at call lake um and then and which we recently did um had a pretty extensive project to rehabilitate and upgrade it to help take care of it it's been in service for almost 40 years now wow Um, but we did we pumped that raw water and we're 36 f- miles and then treated at the plant. Because we're fortunate to have access to that water. Because otherwise, what would our options be? Before, yeah, our options would be pretty slim. Yeah. Before we developed the source at Call Lake, which really was, you know, a, a, a great piece of foresight by, you know, the community and, mm-hmm. the, and the staff and the, and the council at the time right. in the 70s to invest in the future growth to water. Right. Our water source up to that time was... Um, Lake Carl Blackwell uh-huh. and Lake McMurtry also was piped in, mm-hmm. but those you know those sources, quantity and quality wise, just mm-hmm. there's no way they could have kept up right. with the growth of Stillwater. <clears throat> wow. Or that, maybe maybe put that the other way, Stillwater couldn't have grown without, if it had been limited by right. that type of a source. <clears throat> so that really was some foresight and some um, uh, you know, and and the community I invested in it, uh, passed a bond. To, exactly. to, fi- to finance it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, great foresight on everyone's part to uh, ensure that we have access to that water. Um, well, well, there's another, if I could, there's yeah. another kind of a uh, similar instance to that. Uh-huh. You know, in around 2009, um, this, the staff in the, in the city manager's office had the foresight to take a plan to, mm-hmm. the, to the council and got their buy-in. Um, you know, just looking at the state of the infrastructure. Because right. Stillwater, just like communities all over the country, had been um, complacent about their infrastructure for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it was mm-hmm. built yeah. in the 70s and earlier. And you um, don't really see it. Right, and you yeah. don't see it, so people forget about it. But they um, showed the, the council the state of our infrastructure and the need for renewing it and replacing it um, and the need for funds to do that. Right. So... Um, you know, the council took a proactive 
foresightful approach in doing um, what's called a cost of service study, you know, mm-hmm. figuring out how much it costs to, to operate and maintain the water and wastewater mm-hmm. utilities and establishing a rate structure to support that. Right. Because because this stuff does cost money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, and you have to fix things and replace them. And uh, so, and yeah. It, yeah, if you don't fix them, if you wait, then it costs more costs later more. to fix it yeah. or to, to replace it completely. Well, let's, um, let's talk about the other high-end uh, big project, the Water 2040, because mm-hmm. that's another one that's kind of looking forward a number of years. Um, so what do we do? So what is Water 2040, and what is it supposed to achieve? That you're right. That is another great example of, of forward forward looking, forward thinking. The um, the initiation of Water 2040 was some existing problems back in the we had record heat and drought in around 2012 and 13. Right. And and so some problems came to light in the water distribution system, getting water to the higher elevations, the people that live on the hills in southwest Stillwater. Uh-huh. Um, and the system just wasn't, it had been robust enough when it was built in the 80s mm-hmm. or, or prior, but it wasn't robust enough to handle the growth that we had had up yeah. to that time. Because the community is building houses out. <coughs> right, expanding um, mostly mostly residentially, but expanding right. to the southwest and using a lot of water. Right. Um, and... So as we were trying to address those specific, um, you know, problems to certain areas, we we um, chose to take a longer view and look at a more, um, not quite global, but look at the mm-hmm. whole southwest area of Stillwater, not just the problem neighborhoods, but the whole area, and to we came up with a plan that would address all those issues, all those ex- current issues, plus allow for growth in this area of southwest Stillwater. Yeah. And or the time horizon we used was the year 2040, and that's mm. where the name comes from, yeah. Water 2040. Um, so staff and the manager proposed that to, to council, and again, mm-hmm. you know, thinking um, proactively and looking forward, um, they supported that program. So that, that was the genesis mm-hmm. of Water 2040. It took, it took a few years to get to do all the planning um, and the design, the real estate acquisition. We had to... Um, obtain about 75 easements or mm-hmm. properties right. from, from different customers. To um, lay the pipes. For pipes, for pump stations, for water towers. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, it's a big... <coughs> it, it is a big deal. It's a big project. Right. It's a big program of 16 different projects. Um, and the, those 16 projects will cost about $55 million. Wow. We have, we've taken two loans through the state, um, this is called the State Revolving Fund, where we can get a low interest loan. We'll take another loan to finish up this program. Uh, that'll probably start happening this summer. We've, of the 16 projects, you know, two of them are finished, um, have been finished for a year or so. Six of them are in service now, and we're you know doing punch list type items, wrapping mm-hmm. them up, so right. essentially finished. And those are, probably what our listeners may have seen over the last couple of years. Four, four to five miles, no, more like six miles of water line, uh-huh. you know, 12 inch and larger. Um, two water towers, one right next to the OSU tower on McElroy, one down south, kind of near 44th and Country Club. 
um, it's hard to spot because it's right. it's off the road and, and kind of in the in the in the trees. Um, two, no, one pump station mm-hmm. just wrapping up another one that we finished earlier. So a lot, a lot of stuff going on yeah. that'll really beef up the backbone of our distribution system um, in in southwestern water. As you said, it's been a long process. Uh, there's the planning, the acquisition. Um, there's just so much going on mm-hmm. just to get to the point where you actually start building. building. Yeah. So uh, so are the residents currently seeing improvements in their water? I mean, is it, or did, do all 16 need to be finished before they see improvements? There, it's been <clears throat> um, kind of some of both. We don't, yeah. need to, we don't need to complete all 16 projects to see improvements. Uh-huh. Some projects, like the first two, a pump station and a couple miles of water line, didn't raise anybody's pressure. But what they did was they gave us a more robust system that can keep the water storage tower full all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What we had was... Um, with the existing infrastructure, our system was more prone to not being able to keep up during the super high demand periods of summer, ah, mm-hmm. and now yeah. we're able to do that. Mm-hmm. So that the first thing we did there was was be able to maintain our level of service and not have it drop. Since then, these the six projects I mentioned that are um, in the final stages, they actually raised pressure for some customers. Oh, that's good. Um, so there's there is a, a mix of that of of better being more resilient on an existing levels of service and with improving levels of service to some other customers. Awesome. I really like hearing about projects that uh, are so complex. Yes. And then they just kind of fall into place and uh, and people benefit from them. Yeah, well, it just kind of reminds you, like, you think, oh, they need to fix this water pipe or they might need to fix the pressure and all the steps and all the planning mm-hmm. and every little thing that has to fall into place to get it takes there. engineers yes and yes absolutely yeah. and it, it takes time mm-hmm. and, and money that 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 you know we'd like to explain to people because sometimes they don't understand that it's it's complicated you know to pick uh-huh. an alignment to decide on the pipe size the pipe material how to lay it out where to put the pump station and how to make the the new improvements in the existing system all work together Fantastic. Well, is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to talk about? Well, we have covered a lot, but there are, um, you know, our capital group is not only working on Water 2040. There right. are some other things we have going on. So let's go over those. Um, yeah, I thought I'd just mention a couple of them. We are um, in the bidding phase for a, a project to replace water lines in the area just south of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so residents and businesses in that area will probably start this summer and then they'll have some some uh, disruption. So we'll ask for their patience uh-huh. to work with us while we upgrade that, uh, um, replace the water lines in that area, so mm-hmm. that we won't have water line breaks, and we'll have be able have be able to provide better service. Um, some other projects that are under design now, um, probably again, like you mentioned, the, the infrastructure being buried. We also spent a lot of time and money making improvements at the water treatment plant mm-hmm. and at the wastewater treatment plant. Both of those facilities have um, big projects going on. The wastewater yeah. plant has a project that will probably bid in the next um, in the next three to six months mm-hmm. to make some improvements there. The, uh, the water treatment plant projects are farther out, but there's a lot of projects there. I've talked a bit with with uh, council about that. Right. Um, just... You know, the water treatment plant was built around 1980, 
and 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 it's time to make some some significant improvements and upgrades to it right because that's 80 is further back I always think it's oh it's 20 years ago but it's not it's 40 years yeah wow Yeah. yeah And I think uh, you all do a tremendous job of updating um, our website with all the the latest uh, status updates for all these projects. And so I think um, stillwater.org slash projects is a great place to go. Yeah, because you can go and see all the projects. Okay. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. We do like to invite people to check out the website, progress, questions about projects. And and if their questions aren't answered there, to feel free to to call us. We'd be glad to um, tell people what's going on. You know, sometimes we'll get that call. Hey, I saw some blue pipe at such and such a <laughs> corner. What's going on? And so we're we're happy to answer those questions. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll probably bring you back because there's so much going on in that department, and water is just really important to all of us. So, big, okay, thank big you. Project. That sounds good. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I've enjoyed you bet. it. All right. So, Megan, let's take a look at the mailbox. The city receives questions in a lot of ways, including email, social media, even phone calls. So today's question uh, was from Mary on Facebook, and she wrote, We just got back from a trip from California, and we flew through uh, SWO. I was very disappointed that there was no TSA pre-check. So what's going on there? Yeah, so um, first off, thank you, Mary, for flying from Stillwater Regional Airport. We appreciate that. Um, So um, the Stillwater Regional Airport, they don't offer a full TSA pre-check, but flyers who have, like, registered in the program, uh, we checked with the airport. They say typically they do allow those travelers to leave, like, their shoes on and a few of the other conveniences that Mm -hmm. the program offers. Um, But because the security lines at Stillwater Regional Airport are already generally very short, um, a dedicated pre-check to shorten the lines is not really warranted or necessary, um, which is great for the airport. Um, But one of the many benefits... um, of our airport is that you know you're going to have those shorter wait times for the security and the check-in um you're going to have like the closer parking from the airport and just kind of all these other things that just makes it a little bit easier than if you're traveling through a bigger airport you know and parking a mile away and then having to pay all that time yeah because generally they don't drive all the way to that they're not well worst case scenario there would be 45 people ahead of you Mm-hmm. because that's how many people can fit on yeah is usually on the plane there's small flights there's yeah. only two or three flights in and out a day depending on you know American yeah so you, you really shouldn't have very long waits so yeah so but um you know we always encourage people to reach out to us if they do have questions about the or airport s- and or stuff special like needs. that or special needs um we have a lot of information at flystillwaterok.com uh we get a lot of questions you know just people about flights so we try to direct them either to the right people at our airport or to the right people at American Airlines uh, Mm -hmm. to get the answers you need. But appreciate that question. That's a good question. Well, thank you for listening to FYI Stillwater. Tune in for our next podcast. If you have a question for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org. And in the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast.